Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the west coast of the United States, from Southern California, we have Ashley Smashley Cummins on the phone. Ashley, thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, Ashley, by the way, is a full-time law enforcement officer, and if I had a nickname like Smashley or Smash or or something like that when I was a cop, I had plenty of nicknames, by the way. Uh, It wouldn't go well. She's also a professional mixed martial arts fighter, so that's where this Smashley comes from. Ashley, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, You have been someone I've wanted to interview since I became aware of you many, many months ago. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it's a pleasure being on the show. You get to address a lot of uh, misconceptions about two fields. Uh, My wife and I, for example, we love watching mixed martial arts. It has ruined me on boxing. I can't watch boxing anymore. And I'll (laughs) say this. When I watch these fighters, whether it be men or women, male or female, doesn't matter. They are some of the toughest mentally and physically uh, tough people I've ever met. Are seen. I, I agree 100%. That's the main reason why I started doing uh, mixed martial arts because I always thought MMA fighting was the toughest sport in the world physically and mentally, and I wanted to prove to myself I could do it. Uh, well, you picked a, a big challenge. <laughs> that's not something that's on most people's list of, hey, I'm going to prove something to myself. I'm going to go do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've always uh, been in the sports my whole life. I played a lot of different sports growing up, and I'm always, I'm just, super competitive and i love being athletic and being in shape and being fit so i just uh always want to challenge myself in different ways and you know mma was you know it was just fitting for me and my personality you know how i could continue to grow uh mentally and physically that's pretty amazing and the other field you get to contradict a lot of preconceived stereotypes about is law enforcement your career law enforcement officer yes how long have you been doing law enforcement um, I was a full-time police officer in St. Louis, Missouri for eight years, and then I moved to San Diego, California this past August. So 
So I've been a full-time police officer in San Diego uh, since August this year. So for over eight years, I've been in law enforcement. So I would imagine part of the move to Southern California might be for the MMA career, and the other would be the weather, getting rid of winter. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, uh, a big reason why I moved was for mixed martial arts. Um, And also my family. I have a lot of family that lives uh, in different areas of California, so it just made sense for me to be out here. But yeah, MMA was a big reason uh, why I moved out here. I knew that, you know, being at the high level of fighting that I'm at, I needed to be at a a gym that could uh, push me more. And it had a lot of other top level female fighters that could also push me. That's amazing. And that's a quote I use quite often, or I'll paraphrase, you know, no matter how good you are, uh, no matter how many God-given or natural talents or uh, nature-given physical talents you have, you got to have coaches, whether it be football, whether it be fighting, whether it be soccer, whether it be basketball, you can't do it alone. You have to have teammates. You got to have someone pushing you. Oh, absolutely. You know, MMA, you know, everyone says, a lot of people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a one-on-one sport, you know, it's only you in there. I mean, that's true, but then it's not, you know, like, I wouldn't have been so successful in my career the past couple of years if it wasn't for my coaches, if it wasn't for my teammates. You know, at the end of the day, it is also a team sport, and we have to push each other in the gym and help each other uh, reach our dreams. Well, there's one thing, actually a couple things are different between you and I. Number one, age. You know, I just turned 60 uh, last month, and, and getting in the gym and working out, trying to get in better physical condition for a guy my age is something totally different than what you're talking about with what you do with mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, either way, I always say even one day when I retire from MMA fighting, I'm still going to train. And that's for my law enforcement career. You know, I don't think I'll ever stop doing jiu-jitsu or or training MMA because, you know, law enforcement is a huge part of my life. And, you know, I need to to stay in shape for myself and for my coworkers and for the citizens. That's, you know, part of the job. And, um, you know, it's a big part of who I am. That's a great point you brought up. We didn't have access to as many physical self-defense or mixed martial arts training is law enforcement officers do nowadays back in the 1980s and, and 90s. What would be the one thing you would recommend that most law enforcement officers should train in? What field? Uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, I'm a big um, fan of jiu-jitsu for law enforcement. You know, unfortunately, I don't think there's enough of it still. Um, I know they, they teach jiu-jitsu in a lot of police academies, but I noticed most police departments after the academy, like, that's it. You're kind of on your own. Yeah. You know, every police department makes you go qualify at the shooting range a couple times a year, but most of them don't ever have you, you know, qualify in any type of uh, self-defense um, or defensive tactics. You know, that's a huge part of law enforcement. You're going to get go hands-on you know, several times a year and you might go your entire career and never once pull your gun Absolutely. and have to fire it on someone. That's you know? a great so, point. I know my career, we never had, you know, we had yearly in-service training uh, for a week and we never had physical training after the academy. Yeah, I mean, it blows my mind on how uh, 2018 and still there's this big gap with um, police departments and wanting to implement defensive tactics in like a a yearly requirement mm-hmm. you know hopefully um eventually we'll get there with all the departments around the, the country you know get more involved with defensive tactics and for those who aren't in law enforcement they might think when we talk about 
getting more training, becoming a, a better at using hands-on. That's a term we have all used for a very, very long time. Uh, and they might get the wrong impression. When you get better at being hands-on, when you have a, a broader skill set and you're better physically trained to defend yourself physically, there's less need for deadly force and you can contain and control someone uh, a, a lot more effectively with a lot less injury to everybody. Absolutely, 100%. The more well-rounded you are with your, your physical skill, defensive tactics, and um, self-defense, you know, the less you know, the less injuries you, you're going to get, the less injuries the subject you're trying to restrain is going to get, you're going to be able to keep yourself and others more safe with knowing, you know, the skills that you have. Now, before we go to break, when you do a lot of physical training, you obviously have the, the fight training. What do you recommend for active law enforcement to pay more attention to cardio, strength training uh, mixed in with fighting or cardio mostly what would you recommend? I mean, obviously, the you know the best is to do everything. You know, you want to do cardio. You also want to be strong, and you have to do some type of martial arts. You know, I recommend jujitsu, but boxing, wrestling, krav maga, do something. Something's better than nothing. So, uh, if you can do like once a week of everything, that's perfect. Um, I I realize you know people have families. You know, work schedules are crazy, so that's not ideal. I would say then if you can only choose one, I think you should choose a martial arts. I think that's overall, you know, you can be the strongest person in the world or have the best cardio in the world, but at the end of the day, if you don't know how to fight, I mean, that I think, you know, you could, you could be this huge power lifter, or CrossFit athlete, be so strong, but if you don't know how to fight, I mean, that's only going to do so much yeah. being strong. Yeah, and I don't, I can only speak for me, you know, I never thought I measured up when it came to the, the fighting part. I always was a bit fearful. I'm not saying on the street, but in my mind, am I tough enough to do this? And the number one weapon that you and I and every law enforcement officer has is their brain. And, and that's, you acquire a lot of experience over the years. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, use of force. We're going to talk about Ashley's law enforcement career and how she juggles being an MMA fighter and the training that goes along with that after we take a short break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now, you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. 
Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit adoptuskids.org. A message from the US Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Special guest joining us from San Diego, California area, Ashley Smashley Cummins. Ashley, it's just a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks again for having me. And I want to say this, and I I always say this every episode, thank you for your service. I I have to get much better at saying that. For some reason, expected that people would thank first responders for their service, but as a retired first responder, I need to be better at thanking others because I know what goes into this career. Uh, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. We definitely uh, don't hear that uh, often enough. Even even in the San Diego area? Um, actually, San Diego is a lot more pro-police than St. Louis, uh, where I used to be a police officer. So I, I hear it a lot more out here, which is pretty nice. It's a nice change of pace to be like, oh, like, you know, citizens out here, are, um, you know, definitely they seem more appreciative and I think that's a big reason because this is a San Diego is a big uh, military. That's area what I was thinking. Well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got yeah, Navy SEALs nice there, big it. Navy base, uh, Marine mm-hmm. Corps. You've got everybody. There. A lot of uh, federal law enforcement agencies as well in that area. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely been a, a nice change of pace to be an officer in San Diego now. And about how many days a, a week do you work, and how many hours per shift? I have ten-hour shifts, so I work four days a week. And then you train. How how many days a week do you train for your fight career? Uh, six days a week. Six. And, <laughs> how many hours in the gym or total <laughs> training during those six days a week? Oh man! Well, my days off work, um, I train probably three hours in the morning and three to four hours in the evening. Uh, the days I work, I probably train for three hours before my shift starts. And what's the things that's amazing is juggling that law enforcement career 
and then a personal life, which I'm sure you don't have a lot of if you've got this <laughs> MMA career and a law enforcement career, and uh, a professional sports career. And there have been a lot of people over the years who've done it well. Uh, one is, may he rest in peace, I remember, it's, I think it's Ronnie Coleman, who was uh, Mr. Olympia. He was a, a world-class bodybuilder, and he worked for a police department in Texas. There's been several who've done it very, very well. It's difficult at times, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I've been doing it for so long because I've been fighting for over 11 years and I've been a police officer for over eight years. So I think I've just gotten so good at juggling both careers. It's kind of second nature to me now. I mean, there's times where it's like, man, I'm so tired from work. I don't feel like training and vice versa. I'm so tired from training. I feel, you know, like this 10 hour shift is going to be rough, but you know, you just got to, you know, suck it up. And that's part of the, the mental part. Uh, of everything um you know at the same time i'm very passionate about both my careers and i can't imagine my life not doing both i i need both in my life so i mean they both make me happy and you know they both help me in different ways it, that would seem ironic the the thought of getting punched in the face is making you happy <laughs> i mean i don't enjoy getting punched in the face but i enjoy challenges um i enjoy being challenged and you know, I have a lot of goals in front of me, and one of my goals is to be a world champion, so I'm not going to stop in, until I have that belt around my waist. So, you know, it's just it's just part of the sport, unfortunately. You know, you're going to get injuries, and, you know, times your body hurts, but, you know, you just got to think about your goals, and that's what drives you every day. You know, I'd, I'd like to think, I told you earlier that, you know, there was doubts when I was new, and I got hired by the police department, and then uh, I found out on the street I was pretty good, I was pretty capable when things turned into a situation when you get hands-on. It doesn't mean, you know, I'm a bad friend like that, it just means you, you learn after a while how to handle yourself. But I could never imagine being kicked in the shins. I, I watch you all do this, where you kick it at the living daylights out of each other legs knees areas shins and i've scraped my shin against a, a toe hitch and i've been out of commission for hours i i get kicked one time and it'd be it i'd be done <laughs> well the good thing is like when you're in the cage and you're in a fight like you don't feel that much pain because you have so much adrenaline pumping through you i can wait to the that fight's over and you're you're back in the locker room you're like oh god i feel like i just got hit by a truck yeah. <laughs> and everything starts to hit you but yeah i mean i've I've had some pretty bad injuries that I've had to come back from over the years. And, you know, you just got to, that's just part of the mental toughness. You know, if you're in the, you're in the cage and, you know, your nose is bleeding and you know that something's broken, you just got to, you got to find that mental toughness and push it. And that transfers over to law enforcement. It you, does. Know, you can't, you can't ever give up. You, you are absolutely up, right. We, we were, we were yep. drilled that into our heads from the day one in the police academy that no matter how bad the situation you were in, if you were outgunned, if you were uh, in a gunfight or if you're in a fist fight and the person's bigger, stronger, better equipped, a better fighter than you, you, you can't give up. You got to stay in the fight. You have to find a way to push through it, especially when you get, you get the realization in your mind that this person's trying to end your life. That's when it really got to come up from somewhere deep inside of you that you're not going to give up. Exactly. You got to have that sheepdog mentality. And, you know, my MMA training has made my, my uh, mental strength obviously better than compared to if I didn't fight at all. You know, you got to dig deep inside of you and, you got to tell yourself, I'm going to win this fight. You know, same thing at work. You know, you have to tell yourself, I'm winning this fight. I'm coming home to my family. Right. 
exactly. When you fight, what weight do you fight at? I fight at atom weight, so that's 105 pounds. So that's that's a small person. I mean, you're you're not very tall. I did go to your website. You're a five foot three, right? Yeah, five three. So back in the day, and, and I know that that some of this still persists nowadays. But back in the day, we had female officers your size, and people would automatically assume that they they couldn't do the job. And the truth was, they were as good as anybody. And, and it wasn't about physical strength or brawn you know if it's a bad situation we've always said if it's a bad situation if i'm in a brawl and i need i call for help i don't care how big you are i don't care what color you are what religion you are if all you can do is grab an arm and come in and grab an arm mm-hmm. and that was what so much of this was about do you still encounter that type of old stigma sometimes you know you come across co-workers and you kind of get a feeling that you know they they think a certain way or even the public you know sometimes they'll make comments about how small i am and i get think they automatically automatically you know perceived by my my size that maybe i can't do the job as well but you know i i think you know over the years uh that mentality has gotten a lot better uh within law enforcement and you know you see situations where it doesn't matter on the size or the sex or, you know, the race or anything, you know, right. it, a lot of it's a mentality thing. You could have the biggest, strongest dude, but when the gunfire starts, they, you know, everyone reacts differently. And some people, no matter who they are, they might not be able to step up to the plate. And, you know, the same, the same man or woman that's been on the job eight, nine, 10 years doesn't react the same way in every situation. And that's another preconceived idea that, that, not just the public, but even people in law enforcement carry that around and say, well, why did you do that? Or I'd never act like that. Yeah, exactly. I was just uh, telling a family member the other day, it's weird that like the, since I've been out here in California and I think this is, is nothing to do with the different states of law enforcement. I think it just has me growing as a police officer. The few times I've been in some use of force situations recently, I feel like everything's slowing down and it's like slow motion for me now and I see everything. And I'm like, man, you know, a couple of years ago I had tunnel vision and I didn't see the full picture and I'd focus on one thing. And I think that just comes with experience. Um, I'm training my mind to slow it down and really see the everything that's going on in front of me so I'm making better decisions when it comes to use of force. And I would think that your your MMA fighting career would have a lot to do with that because, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got to be on the lookout for feet, knees, elbows, fists, grappling, takedowns. Did I miss anything? No, I mean, that's. I think that's a big part of it as well. I think it's, you know, my, my time of being a, a pro fighter and my time of being in law enforcement's really um, sharpened my mind and my mentality to where when I get stressful situations at work, it's like I'm really able to stay calm now and really just see the full picture. And it, it really is like slow. The couple situations I've been in the past couple of months, everything's like slow motion. I'm like, wow, like what? why, why didn't I have this like six years ago, you know, when I was still a new officer? You know, I think it just comes with experience. Nothing beats experience. We're talking with Ashley Cummins. She is a full-time career law enforcement officer and a full-time professional MMA fighter. This is Law Enforcement Show. We're a short break. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. 
These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to our conversation with Ashley Smashley Cummins on the Law Enforcement Today show. Ashley is a full-time career law enforcement officer, eight years in St. Louis area, now a police officer in the San Diego, California area, and also a full-time professional mixed martial arts fighter. Ashley, what, I'm not sure if it's division or league or what terminology is used nowadays with the fighting. Where do you fight? So I fight for an organization called Invicta Fighting Championships. Um, It's an all-pro female organization. Um, Unfortunately, the UFC and Bellator do not have my weight class. Um, I fight at 105 pounds. So because UFC um, doesn't have my weight class, um, Invicta is kind of the highest level I can fight at for for my weight. So I'm hoping there's some rumors going around that the UFC might start 105 pounds, um, you know, in 2019. So hopefully that does happen. By the way, and, if, uh, if Dana White is listening, uh, let's make that happen. <laughs> yeah. We really please. need to have that division in the UFC. I, I want to see you fighting in the UFC. Uh, believe me, if I do see you on television, I'll be watching and I'll be cheering right along. And I, I have seen video of you fighting, and there's one scene in particular where you got rather emotional, but you had, uh, I believe, you dedicated the fight to a fallen law, law enforcement officer. Yeah, that was a. Uh... That was probably one of the best moments of my life. But, yeah, that was uh, almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, that fight. And so I've seen visuals of you with the uh, thin blue line flag behind you. Um, and people have, I've read, I don't know how true it is, but you dedicate a lot of your mixed martial arts career, not just to your own personal goals and gains, but to, uh, for lack of better words, increase awareness and understanding about people in law enforcement. Yeah, you know, that's... Um, a big goal of mine and a big 
um, I guess, drive for me to continue with the sport is I always say every time I enter the cage, I'm in there to honor all my brothers and sisters in blue and all those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. Um, that's my motivation every day to to continue to kill myself in the gym and um, continue to fight. When I was a police officer in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, my, my co-worker, um, Blake Snyder, was shot, sorry, shot and killed in the line of duty. And um, after that happened, you know, it was really hard for me. It was really hard for my police department um, to, I guess, that whole situation. And I think even two years later, it's still very difficult for everyone in St. Louis, uh, what happened to Blake. And um, I told myself I have to honor him in some way. I didn't know what I was going to do and, you know, I was trying to think about it. And and then um, a couple months after he was killed, um, Invicta called me and they're like, hey, do you want to fight on this card in four weeks? And immediately I knew, I was like, that's how I'm going to honor Blake um, is through this fight. And um, with Invicta, only the winner of the fights get to talk in the microphone. If you okay. lose, you have to exit the cage immediately. So that was my whole motivation. Those four weeks training, I kept telling myself, I have to win this fight because I have to get that microphone and let everyone know that Blake's a hero. So, um, you know, I trained my butt off and uh, four weeks later, you know, I, I got the win and I was able to, to tell everyone who Blake is and, and how he's a hero. You did a very good job describing that. And I know that just for me, even after all these years, that it's still not easy to talk about uh, the deaths of some of my coworkers, it just even even ones I really wasn't that close to, I didn't know very well, but the ones I did know well, man, I I, I think I'll I'll be forever changed, and never will I ever not get emotional about it. Yeah, actually, there's a I got interviewed right before my fight a month ago. That interview is actually on YouTube on my social media accounts and my like bio links, but in that interview i started crying when i uh spoke about blake so it's definitely still like an emotional and like um hard topic for me to talk about but um you know it's it's good to still bring awareness and and i still want to get his name out there and let everyone know who he is and how he's a hero do you want to tell us more about him or is that a subject that's just too tough to talk about yeah, I mean, I I'll try to not cry. Like that's, I said, in my look, if we cry together, that's fine. You know, look, you're an MMA fighter; you're allowed to cry. Me, I'm just an old guy. I'm allowed to cry too. It was, you know, Blake. He he had a wife and he had a little boy. Um, you know, I believe his son Malachi is uh was around two years old when he was killed. Um, you know, he was a great police officer. He was all about the community. Um, he did a lot of great things for the the community while he was, you know, at work. And um, he always had a smile on his face. And, you know, he was very passionate about police work. And, um, you know, truly, he's truly an, an amazing person. Um, I think the the hardest thing is, like, losing him is, I don't know. It's weird when when you when you lose a friend and coworker. Like for me, like the the first thing I thought was like, you know, that I wish that that was me. Yeah. Just because, you know, he had a family. So, 
I don't know if other people feel that way too. Yeah, I think that's they, a survivor's guilt too that that we all kind of deal with, and it's you know I've always told myself it's not rational, it's not sane, but that doesn't make any less powerful and any less real. Yeah, but that was like my immediate thought, just because you know I don't, you know I'm not married, I don't have kids like he does, so um, you know when I found out what happened, I immediately dropped to my knees and started bawling and. You know, that was the first thing I thought was, like, that should have been me. But, um, you know, I do know it's been about two years since he's passed. And I know his um, wife and his son are doing very well. So it always makes me happy to see on social media, you know, how they're doing and see them smiling. By the way, if you talk to her, please let her know that she wants a platform to tell her story. She's more than welcome to be a guest on the show. I, I will let her know. And that's one of those things, you know, Every everyone I know that I've talked to on the Law Enforcement Today show that's been in law enforcement for an extended period of time has, has gone through this. And not everyone deal has has a situation where you have a, uh, a co-worker killed on line of duty. Um, some departments, that almost never happens because they're small and they don't have the crime. But we deal with death and, and violence and traumatic ending of life all the time. And I think that it changes us. Uh, I don't know of anybody that comes out of this field the same way they went in. Emotionally, mentally, um, we become a little cynical, a little jaded. But deep down inside, that's to protect us from all the harm you see all the time. Yeah, you know, I, I do think um, law enforcement has definitely changed me and my, you know, some things about my personality. Um, you know, we it just it's impossible for the job not to just change you. You go through many hard situations and that's a big reason also why I fight, you know, for me, it's my stress reliever getting in the gym and, and training that relieves stress from the hard things that I see at work every day. You know, you say that and the funny thing is uh, I've, I've got to get back in the gym, but one of the things I used to do a lot when I was working out, when I was lifting, I didn't have headphones on. I didn't talk to people. I would pray and I would do my best to meditate. And when I say meditate, I just wouldn't think about anything more than each set and each rep. That was it in my breathing. Yeah. And it, and it helped. I don't know why, but it helps clear out that brain for some reason. Yeah. Everyone uh, needs an outlet and you know, everyone's outlet's different. And it's important to have that, that outlet. Um, it helps us mentally and it helps us be able to continue to, to do the job at 100%. And it is a tough job. Folks, we are talking with Ashley Smashley Cummins. Ashley is a police officer uh, in California. Uh, was a police officer for eight years in the St. Louis, Missouri area. She's also a full-time mixed martial arts fighter uh, in the Invicta uh, Fighting Club. I believe it got that. Hopefully it got that right. You listen to Law Enforcement Nation. We're going to do a short break. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning? When you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. 
One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Left Chest Society t-shirts from honor-line.com. These unique tombstone-themed t-shirts are designed by a career law enforcement officer, art by one of the nation's top artists. Check them out online at honor-line.com. Get one or get all three. Use promo code LET at checkout at honor-line.com and get 10% off. Go to honor-line.com and use promo code L-E-T at checkout to save 10%. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. A special guest, Ashley Smashley, comes calling us from San Diego, California area. Ashley, it's a pleasure to have you on the Law Enforcement Today Show. And thanks for having me. You are the highest profile athlete and police officer I've interviewed in the Law Enforcement Today Show. I've had the pleasure, when I was a young policeman, uh, working a special detail in Baltimore to meet Muhammad Ali. And the funny thing about it was, this he's well after he retired, and the beginning of his onset, I believe it was Parkinson's or something of that nature, but his demeanor and his presence on stage, for lack of better words, was a totally different person than who he was when he's walking around the streets. Is that the case with you? Um, compared to, like, me in the cage? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm a, diff- a completely different person Um outside of the cage um, compared to inside the cage. You know, I'm actually a pretty quiet person. Um, I'm pretty shy. And um, I think I'm pretty, a lot of people say, like, I'm pretty modest, you know. I, but in the cage, you know, you see me, like, you know, I, I have this look on my face and, you know, I'm ready to throw down. So it's like, oh, this what happened to this shy, modest girl, you know? so <laughs> Where did she go? Yeah. <laughs> And what about the, uh, I, I watch like football players and they're doing the smelling salts and the screaming. I've seen the, the fighters do that too. They're, they're slapping each other around the face. And, and is that all a part to get yourself psyched up or ready for it? Um, I used to be that way like years ago with fighting. Like, you know, I'd have the scowl on my face and, you know, I'd have my coach kind of like slap me and I'd punch myself in the face a little bit before the fight. But I don't do that anymore. I just, I think I've, I've had so many fights. I have, I don't even know how many, it's been over 20. I think I've just learned to like channel my energy in other ways instead of like getting too hyped. I feel like for me personally, that's a waste of energy. Every fighter's different on how they are, but I like to try to just as best as possible stay calm. And that would, I would think would serve you well in police work because it's so easy to fly off the handle. It's so easy to get emotionally uh, over amped up with these situations. Absolutely. And it all just comes with maturity and experience. Um, 
you know, the same thing I was talking about earlier is just, you know, experience in law enforcement and experience in MMA fighting has learned to just my uh, mental game has gotten a lot better where I, I, I stay calm, I slow things down, and that's helped with both my, my careers as a police officer and a fighter. What would you say is one of the things that most people in our communities, whether it be due to the media or whoever, really don't understand about law enforcement? What's the biggest misconception they might have? You know, I think uh, a lot of people still think, uh, you know, law enforcement, that we just shoot people for no reason and our use of force is always excessive and, you know, people don't understand you know, I still see people like say on social media, why didn't you shoot him in the leg? Or, you know, why this, why that? They they don't understand the job and they don't understand, you know, the situations and how you have to break them down for what they are and not just right. look at a small picture of, of a big picture. And most officers um, I know don't want to use force at all, ever. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's unfortunate that you see police officers do so much good every day. You know, you see police officers give food to the homeless. You see police officers rescue animals. You see police officers rescuing children out of, you know, um, bad vehicle accident or out of, you know, a house that's on fire. But the media doesn't want to cover that, unfortunately. The media, like, wants to cover only certain things, you know, to... and make us seem a certain way and they're not covering the big picture of what we do every day which is go out there and, and try to help people absolutely and it's it's almost always in a worse environment worse situation people are never happy to see you it's very rare you're dealing with one percent of the population it creates 90 percent of your workload and then you have people who are victims of crime and they're not happy that they're there that, that they have to admit a situation so we never see people at their best no no you know, this is another subject, but, you know, I was a police officer in, in St. Louis for eight years, so I was there for the Ferguson riots, and, you know, I don't think anything will ever compare in my law enforcement career going through that, and, um, you know, I think we have come a long way since then, but, um, you know, it's unfortunate to see how the media can really twist and turn things and make people feel and think a certain way before they see the big picture of everything. And I think that's because it sells. There's an old saying back in the day, if it bleeds, it leads. And, uh, you know, we become a headline driven society where people don't even bother to read the story and they'll go with the, typically when they're reporting on police involved situations, they go with the end of the story first, you know, police officer shoots someone. That's the headline. And they don't, they don't talk about all the choices that the suspect made before. You know, there's yep. 10, 20, or 30 different things they could have done differently that would have not ended the situation in having to use any kind of physical force at all. But that's never talked about. No, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, that's, um, you know, with social media these days, you know, people have the news right at their hands every second of the day on their phones. And, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of the media, you know, they want to do what sells and not want to put the full story out there. So, um, but I do think that um you know since ferguson i do think as a country we have gotten better with you know a lot of people starting to understand the job more and why officers make certain uh decisions in certain situations and it happens very quickly it's not something you have the luxury of you know minutes or or even 90 seconds to make a decision in a life and death situation it's very quick 
Yeah, you have a split second decision, and you know a lot of that helps with the the mental training to be able to slow things that sorry slow things down and um, look at the big picture, what's in front of you. And I would think that that is something that we as as a community of law enforcement officers should get better at doing with each other, helping train. And I know that people don't have time. I, I know that they don't have. If you got a family, you've got a, a career. Maybe you're working midnights, getting the gym. That's tough to do, but it needs to be done. Absolutely. I mean, if you are a police officer in law enforcement in any way, you owe it to yourself and your coworkers and your community to do something, even if it's once a week. That's better than nothing. You know, go for a run, lift weights, join a boxing gym, join a jiu-jitsu gym. Do do something. You know. Your life might depend on it one day. And try to eat healthier, uh, all that stuff that w- it can be a very, very bad physical lifestyle. That, and the life expectancy of police in the United States is not good at all. Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've definitely read articles about that. You know, hopefully um, in the years to come, uh, more law enforcement agencies will also start picking up more required uh, training every year for their officers. Do you think that all this physical training will help with the mental trauma of the job or in your case does it yeah absolutely you know if it wasn't for you know my mma career and training um i don't think i'd be as strong mentally especially with all the all the bad things i've seen over the years you know that i've seen a lot of scary things and things that would definitely disturb anyone's mind you know police officers see things every day that you know it's almost like out of a movie yeah um, some of the things we see and, you know, if you let it, it could haunt you. Um, you, you need an outlet and, you know, my outlet is, you know, MMA fighting and getting in the gym every day. And, you know, not only has MMA helped me with my stress relief, but it's helped me grow stronger mentally. So I, I think every officer needs that. Where can people get more details about you as a fighter and whatever information that is available online? You can follow me on my social media. That's where I post a lot of, you know, fight stuff and law enforcement stuff. Um, on Facebook, my fan page is Ashley Smashley Cummins. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at SmashleyMMA. You know, I'm always free to, to, to talk to. You know, I always have police officers send me messages asking me questions or advice on things. You know, I always welcome people. You know, shoot me a message if you ever you know, have a question or anything, anything I can help with, you know, please uh, reach out to me. Um, You know, my advice for everyone, like I've been saying is, you know, do something, you know, I know we all work crazy shifts. We all have families, but you owe it to yourself and you owe it to everyone else that loves you to do something, whether it's just, just go for a mile run once a week, you know, lift weights once a week, join a jiu-jitsu gym, join a Krav Maga gym, do something. And, you know, I guarantee you it will uh, increase every aspect of your life. Ashley, Smashley Cummins, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Very much appreciated and good luck in your career. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.